All right. Uh, the Knicks are looking like they peaked in Boston, but uh, not officially going to declare that yet, but we'll talk about this one. They lose once again to uh, the Clippers this time. Let's talk. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world! All right, welcome to the show. I'm your host, RJ, episode 492 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4. It is very late at night. Uh, technically, it's March 12th, Sunday now, as we are well past midnight. As I'm recording, because I had a big night, I went to watch the, went over to my cousins to watch the uh, baseball classic team USA. Picked up a nice victory tonight, uh, but we're here to talk Knicks, um, and this is going to be a shorter episode, hopefully, because I'm not in the mood to talk about this team right now. I'm just, you know. But I want to get this in because there is a back-to-back. They're in a back-to-back right now coming up against, uh, you know, they're in L.A. So they got Lakers tomorrow or tonight. Fucking, it's, it's, um, trying to stay, trying to stay rational. So if I bounce off the walls a little bit in this one, it's because I'm tired mentally and physically. But this was a very physical game. And we'll get into all the, the Randall stuff in a second. But it's important to note that out the gate because that's how teams are going to play the Knicks in a playoff round. Uh, But the Knicks lose 106-95 to a team with not just a superstar, but two superstars. And um, I know I said I wouldn't get into all that again and talk about, you know, the whole thing with the Knicks not having a star. But maybe I was a bit too high in the win streak. You know, that's over. That is far gone. Reality's starting to kick back in. The Knicks are coming back down to earth. Um, first quarter of this game, really just... The Knicks just continuing to chuck bricks once again. Uh, the only ones with any life early on were Grimes and Quickly. Uh, the defense in the first quarter did its job, I guess, but the Knicks were down 20-19 to 19 after some very lackluster basketball to start the night. Second quarter starts out with Paul George hurting the Knicks on the break a couple times. Some very poor transition defense. Then you have Josh Hart and Obi Toppin start finding the basket, and they keep the Knicks in it midway through the period. The Knicks even take a brief lead. Off of some scoring by Quickly and Hartenstein. At that point, the Nick offense was looking good. They were looking alive and moving the ball very well. Some great finishing, great body movement off the basketball. I think Ed Cohen 
uh, mentioned that they had assisted on like, what was it, like 13 of their 15 makes at the time or something like that. But towards the end of the half, the Clippers start getting buckets from their top scorers, Kawhi, George, Westbrook. The Knicks, you know, they were still in it, though. You know, Randall finds it somewhat, and he starts knocking down some shots, a three-point ball, generating some contact at the rim, and he draws a foul on the three-point line as well, knocks down all three of those, and the Knicks enter the break up a couple of points, 49-47. Third quarter, um, give, you know, a couple three-point balls from the Knicks to start it off, but then Kawhi starts knocking down jumper after jumper after jumper. And he puts the Clippers right back on top. George Westbrook, they keep contributing. Mitchell Robinson had a few excellent possessions on the offensive glass. Goddamn. Displaying some relentlessness on a couple of those quickly misses. And the Knicks, they were at least competing. And they had a shot, although I never thought they were winning it with the way they were shooting. Uh, Still, they were right there. However... The, the final minutes, seconds of the third quarter, that's when the entire course of the game changed. Uh, the mood swung. The momentum shifted. The pendulum leaned one way. And all the energy, all the positive energy, all the optimistic energy became negative energy. Uh, and the Knicks just... It changed everything because... Uh, thanks to this emotional brat, or at least he was in this game, um, who who apparently can't play without his point guard. Uh, it's late in the third quarter. The Knicks are missing shots. Randall's flustered with, with the physicality of the game. He commits a very unnecessary intentional foul on Plumlee, and then all hell breaks loose from there. He's bitching. He's throwing another temper tantrum. The hissy fits are back. He gets the technical, acting like a piece of toxic garbage towards his teammates. And we'll get to all of it. But basically, it leads to this 9-0 run from the Clippers from the end of the third to early on in the fourth. Fourth quarter comes, and, you know, again, LA's tacking on. Pull-up jumpers, getting into the paint to start the period. Meanwhile, the Knicks... They had no hot hand by this moment. No score, no fluidity out there. No offense was being run. They're, they're, they're hesitant. They're up top going east to west. The guards are looking for you know looking for the bigs to screen. And when they got the ball screen, they didn't do anything off of it really. It was just garbage offense, you know. <laughs> then they stopped playing defense. Kawhi gets hot again. Paul George gets a few to fall, and just like that, the Knicks, too too big of a hole, they lose. And the final, once again, 106-95 in L.A., bad guys win. So now, just like that, all the good energy is far gone. And this team is now on a terrible three-game skid. And I only say terrible because they've now dropped down to the sixth seed in the conference. Uh, which, if they stay there, they're pretty much going to get booted in the first round. Uh, because suddenly, the irrelevant Nets are not so irrelevant, and they've become the better team again, and have stole the spot 
after all of us foolish, delusional Knicks fans like myself were getting way too high off of a of win streak a week or two ago. So now, sitting at a you know decent 39-30, and 30, the Knicks are only three games ahead of Miami, who we still have to play twice more and only beat last time due to a lucky miracle shot by the bum that we're about to talk about. Not a bum, I'm just angry. Uh, not to mention, the Lakers are now up tonight, tomorrow night. They are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They've seemed to find a, a way to click. Um, Anthony Davis is on fire right now with or without LeBron. They're winning. And it's going to be an ESPN game. So, Knicks better come prepared. But just a terrible, terrible loss. And um, you got jack shit from way too many guys. Randall was a pile of rodent meat. Uh, R.J. Barrett was a dud. Grimes was a dud. Hartenstein continues to regress after his cute one-month stretch. The only few guys to show up and look decent tonight, I won't even go beyond decent, were quickly Hart, Robinson was okay, and Obi Toppin had some moments. But overall, just bad basketball for a third consecutive game. And even more concerning, these guys took they, they, they continue to prove how mediocre they are without their point guard. That's A point guard makes a lot of difference, but you got to figure out a way to win at some point without them. And that's something that scares me because it's, it's the sign of a team that's not too deep. And I thought they were deep just a week ago. Meanwhile, you've got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard combining for an easy, breezy, casual 60 points. Kawhi lit the Knicks the fuck up tonight. Today. Uh, the Knicks leader, you know, or apparently their leader to, to their fan base sometimes, showed up with not, not, not as a zero tonight, but he showed up as, as a negative Randall. Uh, and that's where we are going to start. Because Julius Randall in this game was... A, he was a disaster class. Listen, Tyron Lue said it in the post game, and I've been saying it all year. This is exactly how you defend Randall. You mix up the coverages. You set the tone by getting physical with him early. You play a little cat and mouse. You throw traps. You blitz. You double. That's how you play Julius. The officials in this game were clearly letting both teams play. And that's the way it should be, and it's probably the way it's going to be in the postseason, let's be honest. But Randall, in this game, showing all of us that he does not seem to have the mental toughness for it. He's not strong enough between the years. Not without his point guard on the floor with him. So Jalen Brunson, he's got to be healthy. Um, but that whole thing was embarrassing. You know, he swings at Plumley, He gets the tech. He's acting demonstrative towards his own team. He's screaming at Fournier like a toxin. Thibodeau was even trying to hold him back, giving him the bear hug. I mean, Quickly's coming over to him. Johnny Bryan's got to calm him down. And that seems he seems to be like the Randall Whisperer because this was the same guy who flew down to Dallas 
after the whole debacle last season. But just just toxic behavior and everything that you saw from Randall last year, both on the court and on the sidelines, you got that in this game, unfortunately. Um, no, I'm not out on Randall, okay? I'm just a little angry. But you know, it was bad. You know, the meditation must not have worked today. Or, or you know, or just was the true all-star of the team making him look so much better than what he really is. You know, without Brunson, this guy seems like the empty stats player that he was last year. With Brunson, this guy becomes a winning player. It's nuts. You know, 19 points, 5 out of 24 shooting. I don't even know what that is. That's got to be 20%. 3 out of 10 on his threes, and 2 out of 14 inside the, the three-point line. That's that's below 20%. The guys out there taking stupid, like, not even reading the defense. Who takes step backs and fadeaways over a Kawhi Leonard? That's moronic. He showed you tonight. Tonight, today, whenever. Because, again, it's, it's as I'm recording, it's Sunday, March 12th, 3.20 in the morning. I got to get to bed. Um, I I still have a paper to write. But he showed you. He showed you that he is not the guy. If If you still had any questions as to if Randall was their leader, their best player, he showed you in this game who their best player really is. Their best player showed you without even playing. You know? Every one of these games that he's got to play without Brunson, it's it's proven time and time again he's useless, useless without his point guard. He showed you that last year. Literally played like he did last year in this game without Brunson. He's 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 just, and when he lets the emotions get to him, he's just this overly immature brat who was exposed. How can I trust that in a playoff series? Or more importantly right now, because let's be honest, we're not there yet. How the hell are we going to trust this guy in these super important games coming up when we're trying to avoid a playing spot without Brunson going forward now? Because Brunson's out a bit. He's not going to be playing basketball tomorrow. He's probably not going to be playing basketball uh, in Portland either. He's probably going to sit at least a couple more games. At least. So I'm concerned. How do how are we going to get through this? It's not going to get easier for the Knicks. Does this team, does Randall have the toughness to handle a physical basketball game in in a playoff series if a simple game like today was way too tough for him and the Knicks to handle? Because teams know. Teams now know exactly how to get to him. Play physical, play rough. Make him work a little bit, throw doubles, bring help, frustrate, and foul him. As soon as he had his little hissy fit, man, you knew this game was all over. That right there was the ball game. And so just like that, Randall in these last three games, 29% shooting, 23% on threes, and he's still taking 10 attempts per game behind the arc. Disgusting and an inexcusable way to play. Not to mention his effort on the other side of the ball shouldn't even be called effort. 
And now I'm sitting here thinking, are the Knicks just this? Like, are they just this inconsistent team that I've called most of the year up until the nine-game streak? And I don't like second-guessing myself because I feel ridiculous. But if they are, you know, if they are just an inconsistent team, I don't see them handling a single playoff series pretty well. You know, especially if they don't get the five seed. They've been they they've shot twenty percent in the twenty percent range from three in each of these last three games. In this game, they were seven out of 33 percent. So Brunson's needed back because I know he doesn't take a ton of threes, but he's very efficient at it. He knocks them down in very timely spots, stopping momentum, uh, starting up momentum for the Knicks, like, you know, and he sets guys up for three very well. But, yeah, I mean, are the Knicks just average, like I thought, for most of the season? Did they just get hot for a bit and that was all? Or are they still for real? You know, it's starting to get to a point where I'm getting a little concerned because I've got this Yankees PTSD. It reminds me of when the Yankees beat the Houston Astros in a June game. Um, Aaron Hicks hits the walk-off to split the series 2-2, right? Uh, We all had euphoria for a few days. Right, and the Yankees at the time were on this crazy win pace, right? Which for the Knicks, after that Boston game, we were like thinking about the fifty wins. Right. And eventually the Yankees came crashing back down to earth right after that series from mid June, really basically the rest the entire rest of the way. Is that what we're seeing right now for the Knicks? Did they peak in Boston? Was that their Houston series? Give us that euphoria. Was that Bing Bong two point where it's now all downhill from there. Was that the moment? Because at the end of the day, they still concern me in a few areas. Like, they still don't do what elite modern teams do well. They don't play fast. That's very modern. They don't move the ball great. That's very modern. They don't shoot the three-point ball well. Obviously, that's very modern. They ISO. Driving kick offense, an occasional handoff at the top, you know, pick and roll up top. They pound the paint. They play slow half court basketball, and it's 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 you know it's a style of play that is very ugly if it's not going to work. And Randall, way too many times, is caught with his back to the action for no reason whatsoever. Sometimes I want to scream. Sometimes I do scream, and I feel like that's not enough. Just give the ball to quickly and let him run offense. Because that's your point guard right now. And he's been fine. Quickly's been fine. I know he had a couple terrible games, but he's been fine. He's got to be your point guard. You don't ever need your 6'9", 250-pound power forward to be on the ball as much as Randall is. All these people saying he has to be on the ball, he has to. No, he doesn't. He's got quickly who's out there having a career year. And, and Randall's still trying to steal a shine. They, they need to just get it out of his hands. And I'm not asking for the Knicks to turn into Golden State and start swinging the ball around the perimeter. And I'm not asking for this motion offense. But just do a better job of reading the defense in ISO offense. You know? And these other guys got to step up too. They have to. We, we've talked about this. Grimes is inconsistent. The guy refuses to knock down open shots consistently. R.J. Barrett doesn't bring anything consistent to the table. You can't name one thing that he constantly brings every night. Obi Toppin scores double figures once a month and his fanboys flip out. <laughs> That's how inconsistent he is. 
that's the thing. Like, like people keep saying lately, well, you know, the Knicks have been missing everything from three-point land, so eventually they're going to start dropping. Will they? Because the Knicks have been pretty poor from the three-point line all year. You know, the Knicks are very, very tired. Well, they're not going to be tired in a playoff series? You're telling me they're going to be just fine in a seven-game series against Cleveland or whoever the hell it is, even better than them, if we stay at six? Not to mention, on the other side of the floor, their defense still scares me a little bit. I've said before, I don't love their defense. I don't love the sustainability of it because Barrett, Randall, and Brunson, when they all share the floor, it's not a good defensive showing. Um, I don't know what their net rating is right now, but for most of the season, I know that it has been negative. Uh, and their pick and roll defense is starting to harm them again. At least tonight it was. You got RJ Barrett navigating ball screens like a snail. Uh, they aren't hedging hard enough. A few times now in the last couple nights where RJ, you know, he'll get slow going over and Mitchell Robinson doesn't hedge. And all of these backdoor cuts have been killing them. Killing them. We saw it tonight. Um, you know, you had Hartenstein rarely playing the drop tonight, but instead blitzing the pick and roll. You saw that one wide open cut when Hartenstein decides he, he decides to double up top with Josh Hart. So the Knicks were beating the short roll, and Plumley, as the roll man, stops short, makes the pass to a cutting Terrence man from the weak side, and Terrence throws down the duck because quickly stepped up to help on Plumley. Terrence gets loose. Just just plenty of holes in their pick-and-roll defense tonight, and it was exposed. You know, you got to get better production. Um, but, yeah, that that's, that's one thing that I've kind of noticed with this team a lot this season. I don't know the numbers, but I might have to check. It feels like the Knicks never put together great games on both sides. You know, and that's a little concerning. You know, that's that's kind of why they've been so streaky this season. Um, the eight-win streak earlier in the year was followed by a five-game losing streak. The five-game win streak after that was followed by, I think, a three-game losing streak. And now these nine straight wins are followed by three straight losses and counting. So, I do not know what to think of this right now. It could just be me overreacting and it's just a little skid. But again, what scares me is they look like shit without one player, Jalen Brunson. I don't want this to be an Aaron Judge Yankees type of thing. So they got to figure this out. Uh, I'm kind of glad that Brunson's not playing because I want this team to learn how to do this. Learn how to play as a team, not just follow one guy's lead. Because there's no way that this team shouldn't be able to play competent basketball and win a few games without him. Because they've got talent. So they need to figure out how to do it without their leader. Um, I don't even want to go over the game balls because what's the point? We lost. But Emmanuel quickly gets the one amongst the starters. Bing bang. Good for him. Uh, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, steal. He was great. Um... Play the entire second half again. Now he's got tomorrow coming up. But hey, that's 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 how you play. That's how you, you're young, you're healthy. He's been playing every game, and he's been killing it. So it's not been bothering him. Um, you know, if you get tired, you'll be tired for a few games, but you'll get it back. 
Quickly was good. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the bench, and I'm giving it to Josh Hart. Josh Hart in this game, 10 points, 8 boards, 4 assists, which is exactly his numbers on the season. Um, but the way Josh Hart comes in, uh, just gets the Knicks pushing the pace, is nice to see. And you hope that he can at least help them play at a faster pace. right? It reminds me of, of Derrick Rose in the COVID season, how he benefited Obi Toppin that much. Right, helping Obi on the break by hitting him up on those leakouts. It's kind of like what Josh Hart's doing with Obi, and you've seen that lately. But that's it. I'm not gonna drag this on again. This is a very short episode. No need to, to go further than we uh, than how far we've gotten. What are we? 25 minutes in. So we'll get to the break, and as soon as we return from break, we'll wrap this up with our trivia question, and that'll be that. Um, for 492, episode 492. Let's get to break. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right. All right, Jesus, fuck me, man. My vo- I tell you, my voice has been cracking like an adolescent teen. I don't know what's going on lately. I need more water, or maybe I'm just recording these late at night, and maybe I'm just screaming too much during these Knicks games. But I tell you, I feel like a middle schooler again. Um, let's get to our trivia, wrap this up, because <laughs> I need to go to bed. Fucking fuck. All right, um, <laughs> welcome back, episode 48, uh, 492. Let's get to our trivia, wrap this up. The Knicks scored under 100 points today against the Clippers. It was the first time they've done that against them since what year? Fucking shit. That's horrible. The Knicks scored under 100 points today against the Clippers. It was the first time they've done that against them since what year? Let me know what the answer is wherever you can reach me. 
If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out. If not, I'll let you know what the answer is um, in the next episode. So the Knicks scored under 100 points today against the Clippers. It was the first time they've done that against them since what year? And um, that's it. <laughs> I am I am so going to bed. Um, we'll see what happens tomorrow against the Lakers. It's it's bad. Learn how to play without your point guard. Figure it out, because you know, it's not it's not the sign of sustainability in the long term if you can't win without just one player. So figure it the fuck out. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.